I hate my life. Have you ever had a friend who is just bound and determined to be miserable? I mean, they're the ones who are, ugh, I'm, I'm turning 35. I wish I was 25 again. You know, it's hard being a single parent and having a deadbeat ex who doesn't do anything to help with my kid. And um, my son's a real handful, so I'm the only one who can really take care of him. Um, I have absolutely no life. My friends are all pieces of crap, and they stab me in the back. And the one friend I really do have is about to move. And 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 then so there's that. I hate my job. My boss is an idiot. Um, he doesn't appreciate me. Literally, everyone in my life, in some way or another, is going to stab me in the back or hurt me. And I'm out of shape. But, I mean, when would I possibly have time to work out? Everything sucks. Every time I think about my life, I just want to cry. You know, that was an actual conversation that I had this past week with somebody. And I bet it was probably as exhausting to listen to for you as it was for me to listen to the first time around. It was just somebody wallowing and basking in their own personal circumstances and misery. And I don't think it's any wonder that that person's absolutely miserable. This is not to say that the troubles, you know, the, the kid, the job, the wanting to do this or that, that they're not legitimate, actual troubles. Obviously, they are. But what are you supposed to do when you're confronted with a person like this? I mean, what are you supposed to advise or what comfort can you possibly provide when somebody is refusing to look up in, in any way at all? I think we've all come across those types of people. One of the most frustrating things is that when you do offer some sound advice or maybe a few strategies that would make their life at the very least a little less miserable, they counter with even more issues and difficulties that you just don't understand, right? I mean, you don't get how bad my load is. And no matter what you say, they're going to prove you wrong, that you don't get how, how tough they have it. You offer some ways to improve. You might even point out the fact that they have you to complain to and someone to vent to means that they have at least one friend, but they just come back with a barrage of reasons that you don't, that, that, that your positive outlook is not applicable in their situation. And I want to be clear on two points. We cannot deny the fact that tragedy is coming and it's always coming. That's the first point. Second is I don't personally, and I don't recommend that you deal with those kind of people for too long. Um, to the first point, think of Game of Thrones. It's, it's famous for saying winter is coming, right? I mean, winter is coming, and it's always coming. Um, even if, if life seems absolutely perfect right now, you can be sure that if you stick around long enough, there will come a time that it'll be at least less perfect, if not horrific. It'll be at least less perfect. There'll be some type of obstacle. And that's not pessimism. It's a realistic view of the world. We seem to have confused the purpose, in my opinion, of life itself. When you're happy, you should enjoy that because it's a blessing. You know, I want you to enjoy it. I'm not anti-happiness. But it's by no means obvious that you're entitled to happiness or that it's a guarantee. Thomas Jefferson wrote about the guaranteed pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of Independence. Notice he didn't say that you have the right to happiness per se, but you have the right to pursue it. And that's an incredibly wise little insertion 
Um, but I might tweak it even a little further. Are we sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that happiness is what we want to pursue or that that's the right pursuit? The problem with happiness as a pursuit is that it's always fleeting, which means you're always going to find yourself unhappy and, and disillusioned. What makes you ecstatic today is inevitably going to change. You know, think about the last thing that made you truly happy. Maybe it was a feeling of accomplishment when you got that job promotion. Maybe it was um, getting that date with the, with the guy or the girl that you, you liked for so long. You know, and those are beautiful highs and, and they should be relished and enjoyed, but they're fleeting. You know, after graduation and after that big party comes job search, right? I mean, there's always something next. I've talked about the purpose purpose in life and, and finding that purpose as a reasonable and appropriate pursuit in your life. That would be a good goal to have. Another might be to arrange yourself in such a way uh, that you're able to be the person that others can lean on in a tragedy instead of being a complete mess so that you're able to weather the storms you know, as they come. I was I was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine uh, this past week, and we kind of settled. She's maybe a little more optimistic than me, but we, we, we settled at being the person others can count on in a crisis as being a reasonable goal. Um, life can be hard, but you're not obliged to make it worse. And you could even work to make it a little better for other people. You know, I think that'd be a good thing. Um, I've said a million times, you need to be the person you want to be when you want to be that person. That means that no matter what is thrown at you, you get to respond and not react, you know, out of impulse. Actively work on this. All you Use yourself and the person you want to become as a benchmark you will succeed if you put in the effort. If you're willing to put in the time, you can do this. Really quickly to the second point. Um, once it becomes clear that someone doesn't want to be helped, you know, they're the kind of person that enjoys misery, and they really just don't want your help, I would recommend that you limit your time around that person. Environment is really powerful. And it will not be too long before you find yourself pulled down into that vortex of despair and misery with that friend who's just seeking the proverbial company that they say misery loves. Misery loves company. Well, they're just trying to make you their company. They're not trying to get any better. You have a moral duty to be the very best version of you that you can be. And once you accomplish this, or at least if you're on the path, you have a duty to help those around you. However, this doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice yourself. We've established that where we aim is what we see. You've got to surround yourself with people who are aiming up or your own sights. You can't help it. They're going to be lowered incrementally if you start looking where they look. Where you aim is what you see. So if you're not careful, you can find yourself walking around, staring at the ground and miserable like them and not really even know why. You know, you're better than that. You're stronger than that. And you know the right path. One of the things about knowing the right path, an unfortunate or a fortunate, depending on your uh, perspective, consequence of knowing that is that you can no longer claim ignorance. You're now accountable. You know, so you know when you're deviating from that path. That's why it's so important.
that you learn who you are and why it's so important that you meditate and figure out who exactly you are so you can more easily recognize when you're getting off that road. You know, and one of the ways to set yourself up for success is by surrounding yourself with people who are also doing their best in their life and their best efforts to walk their path. And I don't mean, and I'm not trivializing pain and suffering. You know, they're, they're very real and we should have empathy for others. And, and, I, and, and as I said, you have a duty to others to have that empathy. And, and if someone's drowning at sea and you, have, and you are a lifeboat, you have a duty to help that person. But you don't have a duty to let them capsize your boat and then you both drown, right? I mean, um, our pain is real to us. And it's often also objectively real. I mean, we look at these, these circumstances like we laid out in the beginning of this. Um, and just by looking at them in the real world, their, their negativity is there and they are real things. But you don't only look there. You know, you've got to have some genuine gratitude for what's going right in your life. And I'll tell you that if you have no gratitude, then the problem is with you. It's not with life. You've got to actually take stock and aim up and aim at what's good. And then you're going to find that there's a lot to be grateful for. You know, we can't solve all of our problems overnight, but we can take these tiny steps to make our worlds better. You know, we've all had suffering. We've all had pain. You know, a lot of this is, is written in the blogs. When you were four years old, you couldn't have read the blog. It would have been impossible to you. You First, you had to learn the alphabet. Then you had to learn how to put words into sentences. And, and, and guess what? You did it. You know, you didn't sit there and curse all of existence and hate the world because you're illiterate. You know, growth comes with purposeful work. And I think that intuitively you already know that. You know, all I ask is that you don't lose sight of it and that you keep just keep being the best you that you can be. The person that you're destined to be is already within you. Just put in the work and find him or her again.